Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. Well, hey, I want to welcome the online congregation. Oh, you guys have just joined us, so thank you so much for, for joining us right now. Uh, I Before we get started with my message today, I do want to just reiterate something that uh, that was shared just a moment ago about connect groups. And, and I've been doing a little bit of a quick interview with some of our connect group leaders over the past few weeks. So I'd like for Joel Hunter and Rebecca to join me on the platform because I want you guys to hear just a little about their connect groups. Grab a microphone, come on up. And, uh, and, and every single one of our connect groups are beginning now, and it's time for them to have. In fact, yours, Rebecca, starts today, like right after church, right? Right after so church. tell us about it. Yes, I will. Right after church, um, if you would like to join my group, it's the first one on this, and there's the information. We're meeting three times, and today after church is the first one. We're, we're going to be studying a book um, by Francine Rivers called Redeeming Love. It's been around for a while, but it's based on the book of Hosea. And um, in Hosea, he was one of the, Tim Tommy, 12 minor prophets. Yeah. And he was speaking, the Lord began speaking to him, and it says, when the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord says to him, I mean, you know how many times we want, we want the Lord to speak through us and to us? And the Lord says to him and through him, go marry a promiscuous woman and have her children with her. For like an adulterous wife, this land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. So I'm sure he's thinking, wait, 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 Lord. (laughs) But the book of Hosea is really a love letter, a love story from God to us. And um, so we're going to be studying through the book of Hosea and then reading it through redeeming love also join awesome. us um afterwards if you'd like and i i think like uh, some of the ladies have brought lunches and, right. and I, I think you're sending me out to get lunches for more yeah people, because so. yeah okay good I have an order. so you just if you if you're here and you don't have a lunch i guess i'm gonna go get you a lunch right yes and a few more <laughs> i two like more, that so. well thank you rebecca and hunter if you'll help her off the platform and uh, come on over here joel tell us a little bit about your group yeah, absolutely. So um, our group meets at uh, the Dixon's house, which is in Fort Worth off of I-30, uh, not very far from here. Uh, we meet on Sunday evenings from 6 to 8 p.m. We'll start next Sunday. will be our first meeting, and then we'll do every other Sunday for six Sundays. And that's the one of the Romans with Max Locato, This is right? the Romans, and we'll be studying the book of Romans. You just set me up. Perfect. Oh, Thanks. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be studying the book of Romans, and Romans is a, is a, is a great book, yeah. but it's also a challenging book. And so we're going to get a little help from Max Lucado. Y'all may be familiar with him. Is he going to be there in person? Well, you know, we're working on that. But <laughs> in the meantime, we do have him lined up on video. Yeah. So. Uh, there's also a, uh, a study guide that you're welcome to get or not. I'll have it, so it's not it's not mandatory, but you can get it because it has a great little devotional. Anyway, I digress. Uh, we're going to eat food. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of worship. We're going to study Romans, and we're going to have some prayer. And we're going to do all of that in about two hours. So we'd love to have you come join us. Uh, it's open to all ages, and um, I don't think we have child care, so that's the only stipulation, but otherwise, uh, everyone's welcome. Awesome, awesome. Hunter, tell us a little bit about your group. 
Yeah, so uh, I don't know about you all, but I have noticed that there's been a bit of, of uh, an identity and purpose crisis with a lot of uh, men and women in their like 20s and 30s. Yeah. And um, I know, and, and most everybody knows, that our purpose is found in Christ. Yeah. And Christ himself even gave us like a, a one, two, three of, of what our purpose is. And that is love God, love others, and spread the gospel. Um, and so this uh, connect group is addressing the question of, okay, how do I spread the gospel if I don't know the gospel? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, fittingly enough, uh, my group is called uh, Getting to Know the Gospel. Yeah. Um, and so we're diving into uh, the book of Matthew. Uh, for the past, like, two and a half years or so, we've been doing this off and on, um, and we've only gotten through 13 chapters. So uh, this, this semester, we're going to do uh, chapter 14 and 15, um, a little bit of teaching, a lot of discussion and application of how can you use this, spread the gospel on your cultural streets. Awesome. Awesome. So. Thank you very much. So those groups, any, any of these you can register for uh, on the City of Life app or by scanning these QR codes. Well, good. good. Well, it's time for, us to, uh, time for us to move into our service. I want you to pray with me right now. God, we just pray for you to give us insight into your word right now. I pray that, that as I preach that you will take these words and you'll customize them for every individual in this room and those who are watching online as well. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and get your Bibles open to two locations in the New Testament. One is 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9. That's way near the back of the, of the Bible. 1 Peter 2 9. And the second one is Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. Leave that up there on the screens here for just a couple minutes. While you're doing that, I want us to continue to pray for Israel and this, uh, this horrible attack that's happened. I, I do have a, uh, a rabbi friend. He's, he's a Jewish rabbi, an Israeli citizen. And, and he's, he has been updating me on the stuff that the news is not putting out there. And, uh, and please understand, it is much more horrific what's happening in Israel than what the news is covering. We need to be praying for Jerusalem, pray for Israel. And uh, it's, it's my understanding now as of this morning that our State Department says that Americans have been taken hostage and have been killed as well. This is an ongoing situation. Uh, Israel has never declared war since 1973. So this is a huge crisis. We need to be praying for that area. And I want to thank you, Lavanda, for leading us in prayer uh, before the service for that as well, as we always have a time of prayer just before the service. Uh, also, just to, we do keep Thomas Stalker in our prayers. Thomas is over there in the Middle East. I know some have been concerned. He's at an undisclosed location over there on assignment. And uh, so we continue. He's okay. He and his team are okay. I, I am in touch with him. But, but please keep Thomas in your prayers as he's serving our military over there in the Middle East. And, uh, and Chris, I don't know where you are, Kristen Stalker. She's probably out there in the foyer working. All right. But, but that's her husband, the lady who's working the, uh, the, the booth out there in the foyer. So please keep her in your prayers as well. So also just, uh, just one other little thing while you're looking this up. I want to thank, uh, thank the, the guys who came out yesterday to help move Jack. We got Jack as a homeless individual in our church. We had to move him to a new location. So we, we got you into a new room. You like your new, you like your new place, Jack? Good. 
Good. It's it's awesome. We're really happy, and I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that, that we were all able to get together and make that happen this morning. Actually, yesterday morning. So thank you guys, those of you who came out to do that. Because here at City Life, we do for one, but we wish we could do for all. The the need is vast and it's huge, especially in the city. So what we do is we minister to the homeless who attend our church, and we give them routes out of homelessness, and that's what this church has stood for since the beginning. So. All right, well, while you're, uh, hold those two places in your Bible, and as I move into today's message, you know, we do live in the city, and in the city, we live in kind of an overstimulated culture. Uh, there's not very much uh, clarity on what matters most because the culture is screaming at us constantly. We're, we're tugged from all sides. Our culture, just the way we live, it's just busy, 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 busy. And what I've noticed is it causes a lot of confusion and it prevents people regardless of their age or their education or their experience to even know, like, who am I? Because we kind of get lost in the mix of, of what's happening in the city. And, and instead of encouraging spiritual training, what happens is we find ourselves lured into a vast array of hollow experiences. And there's plenty of those in the city. And there, it's all about, it seems like it's all about pursuing the next big thing. Uh, we try to maintain relationships with those relationships tend to be very shallow. Uh, we, we try to prop ourselves up on social media, keep up with the news feeds, and, and, and we're always trying to find ourselves in the noise of the city. And, and then we get exhausted from the overstimulation, and I see that quite often, the stress of the culture's expectation of us. So we find ways to trim back. And so I know that some people say, well, I'm just going to take time off from church or I'm going to stop my Bible reading or I'm going to quit attending my connect group thinking that's going to give them more margin. And I just want to tell you this from, from this perspective of a pastor. In all my years of pastoring, I have never, not once, seen a, a removal of those things from people's lives to cause anyone to feel less stressed or less overwhelmed. Why? It's because when we ignore spiritual growth, it defies the basic principles that we have in the scripture. The Bible, again, is our handbook for living. It's our handbook. It's our guide. And it's written by the God who created us, who put us together, who breathed life into us. God knows how we are wired, and his directives to us are found right there in the scriptures. Now, I would say the biggest deception that we have out there is, is that you can find yourself if you just kind of seek out more experiences or if you travel a lot or if you reach a certain level of notoriety or you, you have this, you, you hit this new level of education or you have this brand new occupational position and, and then, then everything's going to be fine. You've kind of like found yourself. But I'll tell you this. Regardless of your age, that doesn't work. It doesn't help you find yourself. So I've, I have this series that I'm using during this month of October, and it's called Searching for Me. Searching for Me is what this series is about. And today, I'm going to help you to answer the question, what is my purpose. So living life without a sense of purpose, it's kind of like driving a car without a steering wheel, because eventually you're going to veer off the road and you're going to hit the ditch and, and you don't have any viable means of dealing with the roadblocks in life. You don't have a viable means of, of dealing with the detours and the breakdowns and the disappointments, which happen continually in our lives if you're not anchored. 
See, God wired us for purpose. <laughs> but what is your purpose? What is it? You know, years ago, there was this young, well-educated man who was attending my church, and he, he told me he had this desire to find himself, and so he had the means to go and spend a year in Europe. So he he's went over there to Europe, and he spent a year. He's, he says, I'm going to go, and I'm going to search for myself. I wanted to tell him, well, you're right here. You don't have to go over there to find you. Look in the mirror. I didn't say that, though. But, but, but I said, okay, when you get back, I'll tell you what. I want us to spend an afternoon together because I want to hear what, what happened in your life as a result of this, this time in Europe. So and when he did get back, he, he came back, and, and we sat down. I remember we sat down, and, and it, was, it was a great conversation. He just talked and talked. He told me about his travels. He told me about the hostels that he stayed in and, and the cultural sites. And he said that he ended up spending several, about, about three months in a French monastery with a bunch of monks. And he said the experience totally changed him. I was like, well, good. That's that's great. So after he, he had talked for about three hours, he says, I got so much more to say. Okay, well, let's just, let's pause here. Uh, I, I, so I asked him three questions. I said, how are you going to apply what you've experienced over the past year to your life? What changes are you going to make in your life? And did you find yourself? Because that's what it was all about. Here's what's interesting. He paused. I remember so clearly he looked down and he searched his mind, searched. This, this is a long moment of very uncomfortable, awkward silence. And then he replied to me in all honesty, he was just very honest, he said, you know, I never really thought about how to apply those experiences to my life. And he was confused and he said, I don't even know what changes I would make. And I said, but did you find yourself? He said, I didn't find myself, no. So, after a year of searching for himself in Europe, he returned to the U.S., and the rest of his story is he became even more confused and more unstable. Now, I, I'm, I'm not against travel. I think travel's good for you, but, but you don't have to experience every culture and religion to find yourself, and that's out there. So you've know, you got to test it all to find yourself. Now, see, as your pastor, I am obligated by the Scriptures to equip you to do God's will and to do God's work and to follow through with his plan for your life. And so part of this is to help you to gain stability, to grow roots, to grow spiritually so that you won't feel like you have to hop from experience to experience to experience to find yourself. Let me just be honest with you. Life is not a cafeteria. You know, cafeteria is where you just go kind of sample everything. If you've ever been to Golden Corral, I'll be praying for you. But if you have, you're going to leave there with a bit of indigestion. You don't feel all that great because you just had a bunch of cheap samples. You never find yourself by trying to sample every experience possible. Instead, really, I'm just be honest with you, you have to change the way that you believe. If you're really going to find yourself, you have to change the way that you believe right on the very foundation. So, to discover who you are, make it clear. You 
don't have to experience everything. You don't have to try out different religions. You don't have to travel the world and you don't have to work about 20 different jobs trying to find yourself. All that does is create more and more confusion, frustration, and ultimately more instability in your personal life. Now, I want you to look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. I had you look there last week, and this is an important scripture for us because we have to begin with the question I asked last week, which was, who am I? Now, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says this, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. So that's the foundation for your identity right there. John chapter 1, verse 12, which I also mentioned last week, it says this, look, it's up on the screens. It says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. That's us. So this all is our starting place. Now, regarding me, my own personal life, well, I, I've come to a place where I, I'm very confident in my identity. And truth be told, I've never struggled with my identity. And I'm grateful for that because I was raised in an atmosphere where I was very comfortable with, with who I am. But see, the who I am, it actually manifests itself in my daily activities. It's the way that I interact with my family. It's the way that I pastor the church. It's the methods that I use in the community in dealing with everything from the homeless to the city uh, and, and county leaders and the business leaders here. It's my strategy of solitude and so much more. So truth is, I, I do all of that so that I can actually stand up here and then do my job, you know? Because this is important. Get this, if you get nothing else, who you are is manifested through how you do what you do. I'll say it again. Who you are is manifested through how you do what you do. So who I am is not what I do. It's like, like my job or my hobbies, my roles as a father, a husband, a pastor, or a leader. And it's the same with you. Who you are is not what you do. So again, let's go back to the big first question. Who am I? You've got to make this one clear. I am a child of God. We have to start there. A child of God. And like we read earlier, a royal, a royal person. I, I'm a priest who can go directly to God himself. And when you begin to know this, that's what's going to set you apart. And that's what begins to build the foundation so that you can begin to understand your purpose. So the question for the day, the big question in the process of finding yourself is, what is my purpose? We're going to dive into this briefly this morning. Now, basically, you're an agent of God. You're a child of God, but now your purpose, part of that is you are an agent of God. You're an agent of God in your company, in your city, in your church, your neighborhood, your family. We call it our cultural streets around here. Now, I want you to look over to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, because this is the other scripture I asked you to look up this morning. This is critical in understanding purpose, okay? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. So there are good works that we're all to be doing. They're different for every one of us. And we've been designed by God to 
execute those good works as a way of sharing the life, the love, and the power of God. So your, your purpose is found right there in that scripture right there. Specifically what it is, well, that's what's inside of you. So you have to look internally. Now, you might be troubled. And if you are on a fairly regular basis saying things like this, well, I feel insecure. I feel anxious. I feel afraid. I feel apprehensive. I feel hesitant. I feel unsure. I feel unconfident. If those are things that you say to yourself a lot and feel that a lot, then it's very likely that you are struggling with your purpose. So now that I have your attention, let's move forward with this. So if you hear yourself saying these things a lot, if these words are defining you, I want, to, I want us to move forward with that because those are feelings. Those are emotions. And, and those are things that are stirred up in a person who doesn't really know who they are or they're struggling with their purpose in life. Now, now that's, that might be going, oh, you might say, wow, that's, that's huge. I don't know where I can go from here. Well, I'm going to help you out because there is hope. There's hope for all of us. You know, often this has its roots in rejection. And, and as I mentioned last week, even fatherlessness, rejection by your family, uh, relatives, individuals that you had respect for. In fact, a young man from outside our ministry told me recently as he was struggling with his own identity, he said that his biological father regularly told him while he was growing up, thank you for being the son I never wanted. So we want to talk about causing instability. And some of you have probably faced that yourself. That, that's, that's emotional abuse. Some of you have experienced physical abuse. So that throws you into these situations where you feel the way that we just put up on the screens. But I want you to know this. You do have a father that is different. Your heavenly father would never do that, and he does never do that. So part of your purpose is found in your relationship with your heavenly father, Father God. Maybe your your family that you were born to is just majorly messed up, and you're saying, there's no way I even fit in with that family. I don't want to be a part of that dysfunction. Well, I understand that, but you do have a new family, and that family is the family of God. God is your father. See, the sense of belonging, which is something we all need, that's part of the purpose of the church, is for a sense of belonging, and even for being part of the family, it, you know, it also involves having a father that really cares about you, that really loves you. And, and, and that will have an invaluable impact on your identity when you begin to accept the fact that you're a part of a bigger family, a better family, the family of God. Think of it this way. Your genetic family, the family you were born into or even adopted into, that family is not guaranteed that they're going to be with you for eternity. But the family of God, we will be with each other for eternity. And that's why we call ourselves, the scriptures even call us, a family with God as our father. That's the beauty of this. So your purpose is found in relationship with Father God. Don't forget that. But when that anchor of a father is missing 
or an anchor of a family is missing, it can interfere with everything that you try to do in life because insecurity is going to try to rule. And you're going to feel afraid. You're going to feel anxiety. You're going to feel apprehensive. You're going to feel hesitant. You're going to feel unsure. You're going to feel a lack of confidence. So another part of this, if you want to find your purpose, is you have to find that by forgiving the people who have wounded you. When you begin to forgive and release them, that's when the healing begins and you can begin to really find that purpose. You see, if you focus on how you've been wronged, you cannot then focus on how God has done you right. Again, in my many years of pastoring, I've learned that those who manage to climb out of, of, I guess you'd call it the emotional quicksand of a horrible past, They're the people that simply intentionally stop cruel, destructive habits of mentally revisiting hurtful events and situations from the past and rehearsing them over and over and over in their minds. See, if you're able to break out of that, then you become part of the folks who recognize that you've been adopted by God and that you have forgiven the people who have harmed you and hurt you. And so what we do is we embrace this soul healing habit of replaying in our minds a different message, the message that I want to drive home every single day, the message that's driven home through our worship and our praise songs, and it's this, Jesus loves you, Jesus cares for you, Jesus is devoted to you, Jesus died to forgive you, and Jesus now makes a home in your heart, and your life is beautiful through him. Getting that together sets us up to begin to identify our purpose. And every person's purpose is a little bit unique. It's not the same for everyone, although there are similarities, and it's built upon the foundation of what I've already taught. So I want you to take you on to a quick journey of purpose discovery. First of all, I just want you to dream. Dream that there are no limits. What would you do? I mean, God has already placed the clues to your purpose in your life. If you could do anything with no limits, what would you do? I'm talking no financial limits, no time limits, no emotional limits, no educational limits. So your purpose is found somewhere in that dream. God has wired you to drive you into your purpose when you begin to understand that and see that. That's why we are dreamers. We're like that. That's, that's part of the, the design of God. Now, your dream is not your purpose, though. But your purpose is found somewhere inside of that dream. God's wired you with dreams, again, to drive you into your purpose. So your purpose is inside of you. And it may have nothing to do with your occupation at all. I mean, remember this. Jesus was a carpenter, but his purpose was to give his life for mankind. You see? See, far too often, especially, I believe, in American culture, and even more so even in city culture, is, is, is we confuse occupation with purpose. Most of the time, they are not one and the same. Uh, but when you begin to discover that deep desire, that purpose, it begins to manifest through you in every single thing that you do, regardless of your occupation and your roles in life. So you see, 
if you build your identity, if you build even your purpose around your roles, such as your job, your spouse, your children, or your money, but then those things change because inevitably in life things change, then what happens is you've lost your identity, you've lost your purpose, and that's why so many Americans are lost and confused because what they built their purpose around, what they built their life around are those roles, but then when those roles disappear or gone or there's a tragedy, then who am I? I'm lost. See, because but your, your purpose in life flows from what his Holy Spirit has already planted in you. And most certainly, one way or another, your purpose is to, magnify, is, is to manifest Jesus into this world somehow. So as a child of God, your purpose will somehow, it'll somehow be about making Jesus known. Somehow. See, God works through his children. We've already established that we're his children, but God works through his children to deliver other people from torment and suffering. Scripturally, as believers, you have authority. You have power. You are God's agent on his behalf, regardless of your occupation, regardless of your roles in life. So that's where you begin to find your purpose. So... In discovering your purpose, you have to simply see that you are God's agent and it's, it's happening through your work. It's happening through your leisure. It's happening through the things that you do day in and day out. So think of it this way. You are God's agent in Fort Worth. You're God's agent in real estate or you may be God's agent in construction. You're God's agent in healthcare. You're God's agent in government. Maybe you're God's agent in coffee. <laughs> I like coffee. Maybe you're God's agent in equipment sales. You're God's agent in manufacturing. Do you see that? That's what, again, that's what we call our cultural streets. But here's one of the reasons why so many people feel unfulfilled with their purpose is they're not actually making Jesus known through their purpose. So regardless of the roles in your life, you have to push those aside for a moment. You really have to go back to the bottom line and ask yourself this, who am I inviting to church? How am I conveying Jesus in my business dealings? How am I serving his kingdom uniquely? How am I weaving Jesus into my interactions and in, in, in healthcare or my interactions in real estate or my inter interactions in manufacturing? Does my Sunday morning experience actually impact and play itself out on my Monday purpose? Well, it must so I want to share with you some of, my own, some of my own words that I put together. These are some statements that I've written out. I uh, started writing out statements like this years ago and have refined them just a tiny bit, but not much at all. So my statements begin with, who am I? And here are my answers. My answers are this. I know I am chosen by God. I'm a son of the king. I am one who walks in authority. And I remind myself of that regularly. That's not my purpose, but that's who I am. Also, I know I am a priest. I can walk into the presence of God and talk with God face to face, bringing my requests to him. 
That's who I am. I know I am holy. I am the property of God. I am an instrument of God's praise. I am called out of darkness by God, and I am called into God's glorious, wonderful light. Now that's who I am. But my purpose is built upon that identity. Now, I'm going to do something a little bit dangerous here, but I'm going to put my purpose statement up on the screens. Don't take pictures of it. Don't copy it because it's mine, not yours. Don't try to copy it. And you say, but you're the pastor. You have the best. You, you want to copy yours? Don't copy mine, all right? Don't copy mine. You need to discover yours on your own. But this is my purpose statement right here. My purpose is this. As a holy child of God, my purpose is to love God and others using my talents and gifts, those are two different things, to bring his joy, his hope, and his blessing to all who will receive. That, that's my purpose. Now, take that down. Stop looking at it. Some of you are getting excited. Take it off. Take it off the screen. I'm messing with y'all. I just have to say, guys, that motivates me. Now, this is what gets me out of bed in the morning. It does. It may not dazzle you, but it's not meant to dazzle you because that's my purpose statement. That's why you can't copy it because you'll get frustrated. But you need to be able to create your own purpose in a sentence or two. And I know today's sermon is like extremely practical. A little different than the way I normally preach, but I always like to preach practical, but today is extremely practical. I challenge you to write a purpose statement in a sentence or two, 25 words or less, and get it written down. Start working it. You can wordsmith it. If it's too long, you just start shrinking it and taking the fluff out and, and just get it, get it down so that it becomes specific. See, nothing in life is dynamic until it becomes specific. So today, I have put together a tool for you, a simple tool to help you. And it looks like this. Put that up on the screens. It, it begins with some of my identity statements that I shared with you earlier. You guys are going to get this. See, you're going to have the opportunity to write your own based upon your identity statements. They will probably, your identity statements will probably be similar to mine or you know, maybe a little different, but you're going to have the opportunity to write your own out. Uh, as, as we're leaving today, these are going to be distributed at the exit door on your way out. And this is, this is your homework. This is your defining your, your purpose sheet here. I want you to I'm doing this because I want you to be fulfilled in your life. Church, I want you to know who you are. I want you to, to see God's plan for your life. I want you to be used by God. And I don't want you to be wandering aimlessly, searching for yourself and expending time and energy and finances and emotions, trying to find yourself because who you are has already been determined by God. And secondly, your purpose is already built inside of you. All you have to do is get it out and write it out. If you'll notice, if you recall, my purpose statement did not say, I am a pastor of a church. 
You see, when we introduce ourselves to one another, well, I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth, and, and I work with the government, and I work with some business leaders in town, and I'm a, past, I'm a dad, and I'm also a husband. Yeah, no, those are roles. My purpose is at a much more foundational level. God has a plan for your life. And when you begin to see it, your purpose is going to become clear. And you can begin to take these words that you put together and process them and put them into your heart, memorize them, put them on your phone, and put them somewhere where you see it every single day. If you need to set an alarm every morning when you wake up and your purpose statement pops up on your phone, I mean, we can do cool stuff like that with our phones now. I mean, do it. If you have to set an appointment with yourself for one minute each day to review your purpose, do it. I, mine jazzes me up in a huge way. So here's my prayer for you. This is my prayer, as recorded in the scriptures in Hebrews chapter 13. Now, may the God of peace, who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the eternal covenant, that is Jesus our Lord, equip you in every good thing to do his will working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. That is my prayer for you today. As you leave today, you're going to get one of these. And I want you to take it. I want you to work on it on your own. Take pictures of it for yourself and put it everywhere. It's time that we get grounded in our purpose. It's time that we get grounded in who God really wired us to be because your life is so, so valuable. So valuable. With nobody looking around right now, I'd like to give an opportunity for anyone in this room who's not yet received Christ to receive Him as your Lord and Savior because... I don't believe you can put together even a purpose statement like what I've encouraged you to do. I don't believe you can even do that until you've made things right with God and you see and realize that you truly are a child of God. That's where the foundation is lying. So if that's you this morning and you need Jesus, at the count of three, I'm just going to ask you to lift your hand for me. When I see your hand raised, that lets me know that you want to give your life to Christ today. And then I'm going to pray a prayer. You have the chance to repeat that after me and give your life to Jesus Christ, laying that foundation for eternity. Again, with nobody looking around, if, if that's you this morning, you want to give your life to Christ, would you lift your hand at the count of three? One, two, three. Lift it up for me so that I can see it. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Anybody else? I need Jesus today. I want to give my life to him. All right, you can put your hands down. If you lifted your hand, I want you to pray this. And even if you didn't lift your hand and you know you need to give your life to Christ, pray these words with me right now. Pray, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Wash me in your precious blood. Today I give up my past and I embrace the future that you have for me. I recognize now that I am a child of God. 
called for your purposes. And I ask you, Lord, to help me to define my purpose so that I will flourish in my life like never before. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. As Joel's coming up to dismiss us, I want, I want you to hear this. My passion, my heart, in fact, it's my call. In fact, next week we're going to talk about our calling. Part of my calling, it's actually written in scriptures, is I have to equip you to be effective in life and effective in ministry. And that's what today is about. I want that for you. I want that for you. And I don't want you to just take this as an inspirational message, but I want you to go home and do some work on this. Begin carving this thing out. And when you feel your emotions begin to rise up and say, yes, that's it, that's me, that's it, that's it, then, then, then you're getting on to something. You may have to tweak it a little bit, that's, that's okay. But I want you to, to get this identified because, because when we come back next week, we're going to be talking about our calling, which is another level of this. Because once you know who you are, then you find out your purpose, and then your calling is on top of that and how God wants to use you specifically. For now, let's work on this purpose. Let's get this set and let your life be a, a shining example of Jesus to all the world and to the people around you. Joel, come and dismiss us. Thank you, Pastor. So what is your mission this week? Write your purpose statement. There you go. Absolutely. Um, visitors, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. If you filled out a next card, please drop it off at the next table in the foyer. And also, don't forget to get your, um, I forget what it's called, but anyway, the purpose card that you can get on the way out. You won't miss it. There'll be somebody there to hand it to you. They'll give you some step-by-step -step instructions how to write that statement. So thanks so much. Uh, God bless you and keep you. God smile on you and gift you. God look you full in the play face and make you prosper. Thanks and have a wonderful week. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Church podcast. I would love for you to attend one of our worship services right here in downtown Fort Worth. So if you'd like more information, simply go to citylifefw.org. God bless.